0: The working experience. Route 93 North is almost at a standstill. It's a rough one out there this morning. Snow and sleep. There is no service on the. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Ah, yeah, folks, we're gonna be a few minutes. We have train traffic ahead of us. We should be moving shortly. On me, that report ASAP. Where
1: are we on that presentation?
0: Damn, HR wants to see it. Did
1: you return that email yet? We have a team meeting at ten. Stay late, like, boss.
0: Teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> They're moving in a different direction. And after the meeting, we'll have a breakout session. Who ate my, Where are my hot donuts? This microwave is disgusting. Oh, God, what's that? He was pounding his toenails at the desk. I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. Hey, everybody. This
1: is uh, the Working Experience podcast. I'm Maddie K. And uh, John's here, and welcome everyone to another episode of The Work and Experience. I know you've all been on the edge of your seats waiting for our next episode to come out, and here it is. It's a gift from us to you.
0: You'll notice that the intro is slightly different because John's ego, I was getting more of the center stage in the introduction, so John forced me to change it. Just kind of one of those things. Yeah. One of those things. And also...
1: um, I'm the uh I'm the technical side of the podcast so I've actually dropped all mention of Matt from all the descriptions and titles. Yeah, it's nothing personal. I, I actually I listened to thought, one of our
0: episodes uh, for the first time in a while a few days ago. I didn't realize you were um you were hawking your own company at the beginning of <laughs> of, of course. I didn't even course. know that. I was listening to it and I'm like What is this? Who is
1: this? And uh, yeah, (laughs) John is. Well, we've 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 dropped. I've since dropped um, uh, my own company. The ad for my own company. And now we have our first sponsor, which is which is Anchor. Um, So if you listen to a a recent podcast, I don't know how far you went back. I actually re-listened to our Facebook podcast, and um, I got to say we're we're kind of coming into our own. I wouldn't. Classify it as good, yeah. But I would classify it as um, adequate, uh, adequate. Yeah, it's it's um, it's digestible. Most of my
0: life, I've been rated adequate, slightly below, <laughs> slightly. <laughs> you know, I'm in that part of the curve where you're you're not you're not a standout, but you're you're reliably middlingly
1: adequate. You know, you can always we, rely we on should. me. We we should um, we should make up t shirt t shirts with just average adequate or even below average yeah. adequate slightly adequate <laughs> <I'm> slightly <laughs>
0: or just about adequate just about adequate
1: on my um, on my son's uh, report cards they have um, you know they have grades but then there's one of these classifications that says meets requirements. It's like you, you barely, <laughs> you, you're barely paying attention in school. Yeah. We we know you have a heartbeat. We know you're alive. That's the grade you're going to get. I got so pissed off today, just as a little work anecdote.
0: Uh, I gave a test <clears throat> on one of the books we read, Into the Wild. So I was trying this new thing where I, I uh, gave them vocabulary from certain chapters, gave them the page. We read it. Or they were supposed to have read it, and then they, I, I bought these um, adhesive whiteboards that I put all over the classroom so they can work in groups and I can see what they're doing. And I said, you know, okay, read these, you know, like monomania. Uh, Read it in context, you know. Put up a couple of synonyms, whatever you think the word might mean, and then we do it together. So I did that, and I thought, you know, okay, great. So today. Taking the test. And these kids are like, what is monomania? What does that mean? And I was like, <laughs> we did a whole thing on this. Don't you remember? We did this yesterday. We were up. And this kid's like, yeah, but I don't know what it means. And finally, I was like, I'm not discussing this anymore. I am not discussing this. And I, I rarely oh. raise my voice. or I'm like, we just did this. Like, we just did it. It's like
1: it, it shoveling in. in,
0: in In one ear, out the other. It's like throwing water back into the ocean, you know, like bucket (laughs) by bucket. Like It's like if somebody just said, listen, I'm going to pay you 25 bucks an hour and I just need you like eight hours a day, you're going to go down and you're going to, you know, like every, you know, half hour, you're just going to take a bucket of water, try to throw it back into the ocean, you know, like you could do, and they're not expecting you to make any headway at all. They're just going to pay you to do that. And, you know, on one hand you'd be like wow that's great 25 bucks an hour this one on the other hand after like 6 months you might be like good lord what am i doing with my life <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, so generally let me say i find teaching very very rewarding and all of that but man i was like
1: good uh, there's and, those moments
0: yeah i'm just like i i just you know we went through this not even 24 hours ago <laughs> and you know All right, so you got to put that away. So uh, speaking of futility, the government shutdown is in its 25th day.
1: And uh, we – which is not surprising. You know, for me, good old Donald Trump, the good old president, he's – he had what? um, He had a majority, um, you know, Republican across the board, presidency, um, House of Representatives, Senate, House – For two years, and he waits for the Democrats to gain just the slightest bit of foothold, and then he shuts everything down. Why didn't he do this prior to the Democrats coming in and taking the majority? You mean getting the wall? It boggles my mind. Yeah, getting the wall.
0: Well, first of all, he's essentially
1: shut down. He shut down the government because. Because of this
0: ridiculous wall. Well, let let's take it back a step. We weren't even supposed to be debating money. Mexico was supposed to pay for this. This should have been a moot. So- well,
1: when when he said he's actually back backstepped that a bit about the whole Mexican thing. Yeah, but he said the, that he he said. I know, it. but he but he was he was basically saying um, that Mexico was going to pay it in the in the form of higher tariffs basically going into a you know a trade war with Mexico.
0: Yeah, uh, that is not you know if you he may say that now but that is not what he was saying during the campaign. I mean he didn't go into any kind of nuance like that. He said Mexico's going to pay for this.
1: Uh listen, I am by no stretch of the imagination I'm not defending Donald Trump. This guy will say anything. He'll lie. <coughs> It, it does. It. I think he said it to make head, make headlines. I'm just letting you know and our listeners know that that's what he's now said. He's yes. now recanted that and said that. Oh no, I meant that they were going to pay via tariffs. Anyway, yeah, of course he did. I, I think that. I mean, I think this guy. He's he's made this promise. Um, it was a campaign promise. People are making fun of him. Republicans are now re, uh, turning on him. I think he just one day in his office saw the picture of the Great Wall of China and came up with a brilliant idea of, hey, why don't we build one of those on this on the uh, southern border with Mexico and now has refused to relent. It is possibly the dumbest idea that's come out of Washington in decades. And now he's government shutdown until he gets what he wants.
0: Well, you know what kind of scares me about him Is, uh, you know, they've always said about, like, leaders like Kim Jong-un, you know, he would blow his whole country up just to make a point. Like, he doesn't care. It's like Jim Jones. Jim Jones had that Jonestown place down in Guyana and everybody drank the Kool-Aid. Like, if he doesn't get his way, he will burn the whole country down just out of spite, just out of that psychosis of I'm right and everybody else is going to suffer if they don't see it. Like, he obviously, I'm reading this Bloomberg thing right now. It says, airport security screeners could quit en masse grounding flights. The federal courts could stop hearing civil cases. City buses could stop running. 38 million Americans could stop getting food stamps. I, I feel like if you presented this guy with a hungry child and said, you know, this child's parents can't get the food stamps and... uh It makes no impression on him
1: whatsoever. Oh, 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 zero. I I don't think he has the slightest remorse whatsoever. I, I think he's just, I mean, it's, it's, it's so bad too that like you have government workers that are, you know, continuing to work without pay. I mean, these people, I don't know what the statistics are, but the, like, Better than 50% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck, and the government employs a decent amount of people. So if you haven't been paid in three weeks, four weeks, that's taking a very, very hard hit on people's financial situations. And it's also all the trickle-down stuff like um,
0: mortgages. Like I read something like $250 million in mortgages are at stake. The the real estate market has already started going soft because not only is someone not going to buy a home or contemplate buying a home during a shutdown, but the longer Trump's in office and shutdowns are apparently on the table now, they're not going to buy a home. Like you just, I mean, government jobs, it used to be, my, my mother worked for the federal government, my father worked for the federal government for a time, my brother does. My sister-in-law do, although they're not affected by it directly. But it used to be you took, you know, they didn't pay a whole lot, but you were secure and you got benefits, you know, that were excellent. So now even that job is not secure. I mean, that was the benefit was you were
1: never right. going to lose your job. Yeah. Now right. that's not like, true. It was lower. It was lower pay, right? There was there was trade-offs. But it's not just the government employees. It's, you know, we live in a... A, a multi-layered economy. So it's the the diners and the I guess the restaurants and the car washes and the cars <coughs> that that serve government employees. That people are now retracting on their spending because they're not making any money. So there are ripple effects throughout the entire economy.
0: Yeah, no, I know. Uh, daycare. They were talking about daycare centers. People. They, the daycare centers, like a lot of um, federal buildings, have daycare centers. They can't operate right now, but people are still paying for them because the daycare centers still have to pay their employees and they still have to pay their rent. But as the the person on on NPR who was talking about that, that can't go on indefinitely. Like People are not going to keep paying for the daycare because they can't. And so now you have daycare workers who are not going to get paid You have rent that's not going to get paid on that daycare center. So now you have a whole slew of people who don't work for the federal government, as you were saying. Um, And then there's the mortgage thing. You know, there's the real estate brokers there. And I have no real love for, you know, the real estate um, industry, but, you know, people make their living selling homes and, you know, uh, processing mortgages. And this guy here, Sam Berger, uh, he's a senior advisor at the Center for American Progress who worked at the, uh, Office of Management and Budget under Obama said, shutdowns don't get bad linearly. They get bad exponentially. Like it's not like what you were
1: saying that that ripple effect. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, and also too, it's, it, it's also national, you know, it's security, it's air traffic control, uh, TSA, um, uh, firefighters. I mean, this is, um, it's a freaking disaster oh wait hold on a second sorry one of the the Bloomberg video just started auto-playing on me I thought you had turned into a reporter Matt um, <laughs> so the uh w- so what is it? he wants five billion is that what is that what he's saying i think it's like 5.7 billion you know I- what five, 5.7 billion it is is not even gonna do it. No. He, I mean, it's that is like it's just a joke. I think they should, they should just be like, all right, we'll give you five point seven billion in monopoly money, and we and we call it a day. The,
0: I, the, the thing is, though, that's scary about this is like this is sheer blackmail. Like, I mean, he doesn't get his way, so he shuts the government down, and this is the most absurd thing ever. The stupid wall. So, like you i mean setting the precedent of i'm just going to shut the government down every single time i don't get my way well what's to stop him a year from now from doing exactly the same thing and just shutting it down again
1: and you know oh, nothing oh nothing i mean now this is this is his uh sorry for the pun his trump card you know this is his ace in the hole i know but
0: it's like they got to call his bluff like you can't let this happen because not only him But the next president, who could be a Democrat, could pull the same thing,
1: and it's like you you can't do this. Yeah, no, you can't. Yeah, you can't. You can't set a precedent. And I also read that there were um, he had ordered uh, some federal workers back to work without pay, and then those workers are now suing the U.S. government for you know for forcing them to work without pay. I can't remember what agency it was. But, I mean, what is this, communist China? I mean, this is not... It's
0: not America. I mean, you don't force people to work for no money. That's insane. There was a guy... uh, He works at a federal prison here in um, Massachusetts. And they're being forced to work without pay. And he said... There are some people who can't make it to work because they don't have gas money. Like, some people commute quite some distance, you know, a couple hours each right. way. And he's like, what are you... Like, they're trying to help each other out and whatnot. But he said two months. He was going to give this two months, and then he's walking. He said, I, I just can't... And this guy's been in the military. You know, he said he's been employed by the U.S. government for a long time. And he's like, this has never happened. And again, he doesn't make a king's ransom, but he has security, or he used to. And now he well, doesn't.
1: Well, I mean, you I mean the- You know, that's going to happen, right? So people are going to look at this and there's, there's, it looks like there's no end in sight. It doesn't look like there's a resolution that's going to, from what I've read and heard. So a logical person would be like, listen, I, I can't, I can't survive. I got to go out and get a job. So they're going to get a job in the private sector. And then when the government eventually reopens, the real open-ended question is, are they going to then go back to their government job? Or are they going to stay in their private job? And then there could be a a a huge, you know, hole in certain um, departments. And uh, you know, if people don't go back, yeah. And I mean, Trump doesn't care.
0: He could just care less about any of that. Like all these arguments that are made by members of his own party. uh, Lindsey Graham, I think, is in here. uh, You know, just absolutely fall on deaf ears like he just doesn't care I mean when someone doesn't care like they literally don't care if people have no money for food or gas it's very hard to argue with them about anything like they just simply don't care
1: you know well he, he has he doesn't he doesn't relate to these people he doesn't relate to working people I mean he's he's a billionaire and he's you know he he can he eats fast food on mass, anytime he wants. I mean, he he's so out of touch; it's not even funny. Yeah, well, I mean, you do
0: have billionaires, sort of like Warren Buffett, I think, and people like that, who seem to be a little more, you know, in touch. They, I don't know, at least sort of have the inkling of, you know, being fair to people and all. I mean, Trump doesn't qualify in any way, shape, or form as an empathetic human being this one here says the u.s penitentiary in hazelton west virginia absenteeism is already at triple the normal rate and that's diminishing safety and working conditions uh one guy said the the further this goes and the less gas money and child care money and food money people have it's going to fuel absenteeism even more uh there was a guy on tv I don't know. He wasn't an elected official, but he was a representative of the, you know, he's a Republican spokesperson of some ilk. And he said that these people could see it like a vacation. So oh. they're off for a few weeks and then they come back and they get their money. So it's like a paid vacation. Like, yeah, that's
1: definitely how they see it. Like you idiot. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what are you? It's stupid.
1: Just, just a, just a, a moronic statement. Yeah. Um, and, and they, they also too, is the federal court system. Um, you know, they, the, the administrative office of the U S courts said in a statement on Tuesday that it estimates federal courts can sustain paid operations through January 25th. At that point, the courts will run on an essential work basis. And the office had previously estimated it would run out of money on January 18th, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So appellate district and bankrupt, ben- bankruptcy courts will reduce operations. And criminal cases would proceed uninterrupted. Yeah, some courts have already suspended civil cases involving the federal government, in part because so many government lawyers have been furloughed. Jesus, man, this is just what a what a debacle.
0: Under this um, subheading in the Bloomberg article, it says, "Can't evict if the government stops paying its rent. Landlords have no good options. The law prevents them." From evicting federal tenants their only recourse is to sue in the meantime landlords must continue to honor their commitments under the lease such as servicing the uh the property uh, douglas development corps which rents almost 1 million square feet of space space to the gsa has set aside money in case the government stops paying according to norman jamal a principal and senior vice president We're in a position to sustain it for multiple months, but not in perpetuity. That would leave a lot of very substantial ripple effects to many owners throughout the country that would be affected by the lack of payment. But fear not, a GSA spokeswoman, Amanda Osborne, says that the GSA... Is diligently exploring all available options. <laughs> thank, Jeez. thank God, they're exploring all of. It. That's always the biggest non-answer.
1: Like, I don't have an answer for you. So, what can I tell you? Well, what, what a, what a complete disaster. But I mean, I just, I don't see this being resolved anytime soon.
0: Well, the other thing that gets me is. And I'm not saying this only happens with Trump supporters, uh, but you know, the whole thing with the steel tariffs and, uh, the trade wars and all of that. And there was, um, I, I guess I'm trying to remember the whole deal, but it was like, uh, or was it the coal mines, the steel, steel or coal, one of those two industries, uh, they were all in favor of these tariffs. You know, they're all about the tariffs unless it affected their plant like you would hear workers saying big big Trump supporters really in in uh in favor of the tariffs you know we need to teach China a lesson but we don't want the tariffs on our steel mill because it's affecting business and I heard a guy yesterday or the day before voted for Trump oh I love a lot of his policies but this government shut down because he was affected by it uh no right. this this is bad it's like okay so you only care about this when it's bad for you I mean that like you're blatantly saying I, I great president love a lot of his decisions until I have to make a sacrifice like I I don't want illegal immigrants from Mexico I want him to be tough on immigration but I'd better not have to make any sacrifices for it and again I'm not saying it's only Trump supporters but it's always like. Good Lord, like, don't you people hear yourselves? Like, I mean, you know, I want good public schools, I want strong teachers' unions, I want smaller class sizes, and I'm willing to pay for that. Like, I understand that would take more taxes. I will vote for that. You know, I don't have a problem with that. But, you know, it, it's always that sort of not in my backyard syndrome. Like, you know, we would. Love, uh, you know, to have a rehab facility. Yes, I'm all about that, but not in my town. I don't want any of that because I don't want those people near me. And
1: it, yeah, it, and I think it also comes down to, you know, you have it's like us versus them. Right. So it's like you're, you're a Trump supporter. You've always been a Trump supporter. So you're going to support his decision to shut down the government to build this wall. Even if you maybe you don't think it's such a great idea you know, it's your team, it's your party, so you're going to stand your ground, which is ridi- which is ridiculous. This is like, th- there's there's he's getting so much flack from this. It'll actually be extremely interesting to see if he can bounce back from this. You know, he's he's been he's been labeled or categorized dead in the water many times, and he's he's come oh, far yeah. and back.
0: Yeah. Everybody said that's it. Nope, this is it. That's yeah, the knockout punch. It. And uh, no, it's like trying to knock down, you know, Mike Tyson or something like that. I mean, that going back to before the election, that you know when they uh, on the bus when he talked about grabbing women. I mean, I thought, okay, well that that's enough of that. He's done. You know, nope. <laughs> no. People are just like, hey, that that's fine. You know, it, it's the evangelicals too who get me. I was reading, uh, I forget where I was um, reading about that, how they sort of their deal with the devil. Like they will just let him get away with anything. Like he is, if you're a religious person, this guy is basically Satan incarnate. I mean, it's like, he's just the worst person ever. And uh, these people, I don't think, you know, Jerry Falwell and the rest of them, they're, they're just, oh, that's fine. He grabs women, cheats on his wife. He, you know, probably strangled a hooker in Russia. I mean, but, you know, (laughs) but whatever. (laughs) It's a, listen, Matt, that's all water under the bridge. You know, I could see, like, you know, people who are simply in the economy uh, are interested in the economy, you know, and they're like, I don't care what Trump does. He could literally strangle somebody in the middle of Fifth Avenue, and I don't care. As long as the economy booms and I make money, and there's a lot of people who think like that. Like, I really don't care you know, about his personal life. And to an extent, I don't either. I mean, you know, I, I really don't care what these guys do, as long as it's within the bounds of some propriety, I suppose. But that's not my priority. But for these evangelicals, like, that is their priority. And this guy is, like, is the worst. And, I, you know,
1: I mean, it's almost also, just too glaring too, to I talk mean, it, about. It, it's, um, you know, it's it's news, too, that, You know, you turn on Fox News, you're getting one story. You turn on CNN, you're getting another story. And and this really comes down to like, look, just give the American people the facts, okay? Don't politicize it. Just give us the facts, and then we can can all make our own decision. I mean, you've got 800,000 federal employees, and about half of those, 380,000, have been completely for long. They're not being paid. They don't go to work. Another 420,000, which we spoke about before, Matt, aren't being paid, but are required to remain on the job. It's just insane. So this includes um, law enforcement, Homeland Security, Customs and Border Protection, and the Coast Guard. And just talking about the Coast Guard, we received an email. So I live on the North Shore of Long Island, and we have a couple of Coast Guard posts, and they're actually doing a community um, fundraiser for the Coast Guard for food, gift cards, and money. <laughs> I, I I shouldn't laugh at this, but this is this is the, we're the richest country in the world, and we have to um, on a community local level raise money for. Uh, individuals who work in the coast guard it's it's insane because they're not being paid by the federal government it's absolutely insane
0: and yet this guy still has his defenders uh let's see ipos halted see now when wall street generally you know starts to take a hit that's kind of yeah that's they don't want to make
1: those enemies no
0: it says wall street has already felt the impact in market gyrations but a long-term shutdown promises to trigger a cascading effect through businesses and the economy among the rest no new initial price offerings on u.s public exchanges until the security and exchange commission reopens companies that want to file their listing plans including huge private companies like uber technologies Incorporated and Lyft Incorporated aren't getting any feedback from the agency to help them move forward with the process. See, these are things like I never really consider or think about. That gets critical on February 14th when financial statements provided by companies waiting to launch their IPOs go stale and must be updated and audited for the whole of 2018. The window to price by February 14th is closing. Said David Goldschmidt, global head of capital markets at law firms Skadden, Arps, Slate, Meager, and Floam. If people aren't able to do their deals by then, there's a chance we could lose a good part of the first quarter for IPOs. You know, when you start messing with that stuff, it's It's not good. No, no.
1: Not good.
0: Truck delays. Some companies may not be able to introduce new products or complete mergers that requires government approval. I am concerned, very concerned, because if it continues, it will have an impact on the launch. Now, see, like, Trump could care absolutely less what, you know, the average person thinks. But it would seem like maybe if the CEO of Uber or Lyft or this guy, David Goldschmidt, were to say, you know, look, this is what's happening and you're starting to piss off from very wealthy, you know, not even trump but their senators you know if they went to their senators and said you better do something about this because we're about to lose millions and that's not going to help you out campaign wise next time around that generally gets people's attention not petitions and whatever marching in the street
1: i i you know what i i, I think that he's he's gotten those threats i think big money has sat down and and I think those messages have gone to him. I think he's just largely ignored them. I- I'll be honest with you. I don't think he cares. Yeah.
0: Maybe well, see the it's it's that's why he doesn't, but you know, these Republican senators and Republican congress folk who have been reluctant to speak up, the message may get through to them, like, Hey, oh, that's you, want, true. Yeah. you want money for your next election? You're not going to get it from us unless you guys do something about this.
1: Meaning like... Yeah, and, and then and then in turn they might turn on, on Trump. Yeah. And that would face his, you know, that would directly affect his re-election. Well, because the thing is too, Chist. like, he does not, like, Obama has no
0: dog in the fight particularly. But he goes out and he stumps, you know, and all of that. He supports the Democratic Party. He wants these folks to get elected because, you know... I know he's a politician. I don't have starry eyes about him, but I think he genuinely wants these people to get elected. You know, he feels better about himself, and you know, genuinely wants that. Trump could care less about these senators and Congress people. Like he doesn't care about oh, their careers.
1: He doesn't. Oh, he doesn't care.
0: No, and I don't. I think a lot of these people are very short sighted. Like Paul Ryan. I think he wants to run for president, and I think he totally screwed himself by his association with Trump. I don't know why he didn't denounce him. And, because to me, it was a win-win situation. Like, if if he denounces him and Trump is successful, he can still say, well, he's an awful guy and I went with my conscience. If he denounced him and, and now, in this situation, you know, Paul Ryan could say, look, I was right. That's why I left. But he didn't. Right he he caved every which way and it's like you know good luck on your career ted cruz is just like sharpening his long blade he he wants to dig that into trump so badly and i kind of can't wait to see if that happens i mean i despise yeah, ted but cruz you know what?
1: but but, t- but ted cruz is no match for for trump even after this See that's the other thing too is on the democratic side is like even he's pulling all of these stunts he's pulling the shutdown, you know. There's a laundry list of what what Trump is pulling trade wars. There is still there, there's no one on the democratic side that can can literally compete with this guy. They they can't. Uh, yeah, I don't know what. Uh, I mean, I like
0: Elizabeth Warren a lot. I read her book. Um, she's really no, not- she
1: does, she. She doesn't have a chance.
0: I don't think she really does either, unfortunately. I think Tim Kaine could have a chance. Maybe not. He hasn't uh, really said much. Tim um, Kaine has
1: got zero chance. Tim Kaine, Hillary I, I think I think people liked him. I think they liked him better than they liked her. Trump Trump would eat him for, for lunch. Eat him for breakfast. He'd be done. Not, uh, not even. Well, Joe
0: Biden's a possibility, except he's a lot older. Uh, Even
1: even Biden, I know. I I really have very little faith, like right now, of what the Democrats could put up against Trump to to beat him. I'll tell you. So what is it? This is it's twenty twenty, right? Yeah. uh, Is it twenty? Yeah, it is twenty twenty. Eighteen months away. Yeah, November November twenty twenty. Yeah. Sorry, what were you gonna say?
0: I was gonna say Al Gore. Al Gore could do it, but Al Gore doesn't want to run anymore. I I saw a documentary about him uh, a while ago, and he's a really intensely smart guy. I, I get the impression that he is, you know, he's got integrity. I mean, he's not perfect, but I think he just really got kind of bullied into politics by his father, and it really wasn't his thing. I mean, it sounds strange to say because he won the popular vote as president, but like I think that kind of broke him. But I, th- I think he would be an excellent candidate. He's the right age. Yeah, he's got a lot of experience. You're, you're, right. you're right, you're
1: he, right. He might have a chance because it, it comes down to a popularity contest and someone needs um, a very thick skin to go up against Trump. Uh, I, th- I mean, literally. And, and Al Gore, yeah, I, I he's probably a, a good bet, but... I just I don't I don't know I mean I was I, I was so surprised that Trump got into office. Well, actually, I wasn't surprised because Clinton was running against him. I mean, there were the two options were just horrifically bad. Um, but I just I don't know if there's anyone out there that you know you almost need you almost need like a young Bernie Sanders. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because like, Bernie Sanders is too old. Yeah. He, is. he Just, but his his whole attitude of you know his um, in uh, and, and his in and his views, if there was a young Bernie Sanders, they could have they could make a play for it.
0: Howard Dean would, I think, do pretty well. I don't. I don't yeah, know he could.
1: Yeah, he could. But I don't to, think he. Uh, I don't think he's willing to do it. Right.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Probably not. I think he's got a pretty cushy gig. I think Mitt Romney's gonna try to gear up for another one and maybe not this time around, but he's been that, that guy just, he has like this sick compulsion to run for office. Mitt Romney, like he's promised so many times that he won't and his wife is sick and this and that. And then he's at that dinner with Trump where Trump just like Uh. publicly humiliated him and It was just like, when is it enough for you? Like, when is this enough? Uh, It's it's
1: never never enough. What is he? um, Oh, he's the the Utah senator. He's a senator now.
0: Yeah. And he was governor of Massachusetts. I don't know how Massachusetts ended up with a Mormon Republican governor from Utah. I've never been able to figure that out.
1: I didn't live here at the time. That's a tough one.
0: Yeah. I don't know. We end up with very odd like, out-of-staters, people have a very, I think, erroneous view of Massachusetts politics. Like, they think that it's all very lefty-liberal, because they think of Cambridge and Harvard. But, like, it's really not like that. I mean, Massachusetts is not a big state. Obviously, it's very, very small. But, like, you go out to places 30 miles from Boston, and you feel like you're in rural Pennsylvania. I mean, it is like... Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, it's very, yeah, very blue-collar working class.
0: New York State, too. And I will even say New York City, I mean, they had, well, I lived there when Giuliani was mayor, and then there was Bloomberg. You had Republicans as, not governor of the state, mayor of New York City for how many years? Had to be, what, 16 years?
1: Something like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like,
0: it's funny with New York. It's like, again, people think of Greenwich Village. They think of Manhattan. It's like you go five miles outside of Manhattan, people in Brooklyn, Queens, and whatnot have very conservative views. Like, oh, very, Long
1: Island, you've yeah. got, you know, three, 300 mil, I'm sorry, three million, four million people on Long Island. Um, and, you know, Brooklyn, Queens, yeah, it's, it's largely Republican.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: And it's like, and then also in the state, you know, upstate, you know, Westchester, oh, I mean, it's all Republican.
0: I mean, you drive two hours north of uh, New York City in some places. That's gun country. You might as well have driven down 20 miles south into Alabama or 20 hours south into Alabama. I mean, it's like I've seen Confederate flags uh, in upstate New York at a gas station.
1: I think I was with you. I think we went
0: to, to Montreal that time. A bunch of us went. And we saw, we saw a guy with a Confederate flag? I, we saw him in, uh, I saw them in a gas station. I mean, I've been state a few times, so maybe it was a different time. But yeah, I saw a gas station that was selling Confederate flags. And I'm like, do you, did anybody here read a history book? I mean, do you guys know like what, I mean, granted you're racist, that's fine. But like, you don't even know where the, the root of, the, anyway.
1: But Do you remember, you just as a side note, we were going up to see Tom Abello. Yes, he was living in Lake Placid, and I was driving my father's like 1994 Lincoln Continental, and we were on the um, I87 headed north, and I'm and the speed limit was 65 miles an hour, and I'm going down a hill, and I think I hit like 83 or 84. Boom, cop at the bottom of the hill. You're sitting to the right of me. Cop pulls. We're like 24. Do you remember this 23, 24 years old? Cop I, rolls down the window. He goes, uh, "Sir, do you know how, how fast you were going?" I go, "I, you know, I, I really don't know." And you 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 pop your head over and goes, "He was going 84, officer." <laughs> what? I I didn't say that. Yes, Me? you did. You did. No, I, I was, was funny with you. And I got and I got a massive ticket from it.
0: No, no, no. I was with you in New Hampshire one time when you got pulled over. It was mm. me, you and No, Heather. that
1: might have been a that might have been a separate incident. I said to the police times. officer you were going 84. Yes. You know, <laughs> you said he was going he going 84, officer, and you thought it was a joke. And I got and I got a ticket for, you know, 6 uh, whatever it was, 19 miles over the speed limit. Why would I think it was a joke? You were just I don't know, you were just young. You st- you know, it's just it was poor form. <laughs> you said it you said it low enough so only I could hear it, but the officer heard it. Oh. You don't wow. remember that? No, I don't remember that. Are you sure it was me? Yeah, I'm positive it was you. Positive. Oh.
0: Usually my judgment is so sound and spot on that, uh, especially in my my younger days, I really had (laughs) Yeah, Especially
1: in your early 20s. Yeah,
0: I had stunning judgment. Wow. So I was with you twice when you got speed. Well, maybe you should slow down. I mean, you know. Uh, ah. I mean, you know. Ah. I actually, I I went for the first time ever and fought a speeding ticket in New Hampshire. I was uh, driving north on 93. This was last... Memorial Day weekend, and uh, I got pulled over, and the guy said I was going some absurd limit, you know, absurd speed, and I was like, I'm not going to argue with the state trooper. Like, if you ever get pulled over in New Hampshire, the only words out of your mouth should be yes, sir, and no, sir, because I was with my brother when he got pulled over one time years ago, and I thought these two state troopers were going to shoot us. They had us out of the car. (laughs) They were searching the car. They said we were it was myself, my brother, and our friend Janine. And yeah, you know, we were college age or I was in high school and my brother was, I think, probably a junior in college. Get pulled over. You know, he's like, What did you just take out of the glove compartment? The guy's like, Can we search the car? And my brother says he goes, No. And the guy's like, Everybody get out of the car. And he's yelling at us. It was terrifying. It was absolutely terrifying. So (coughs) I got the speeding ticket and then I got You know, in the mail, whatever. And I thought, why don't I just go up and fight this? I have the summer off, you know. So I went up there and, you know, put the system on trial is what happened. Uh, They they didn't know what hit them. I had them back on their heels. I was citing case law. I was like Al Pacino in And Justice for All. It was very much (laughs) like that. Very much like Atticus Finch in uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. It really, the, the judge you said... Own, you own the court system? Oh, my God. The judge said he'd never heard such eloquent case law argued in <laughs> his life. I actually managed to get it knocked down. About 180 bucks. So I wasn't too bad. So
1: That's pretty good.
0: Yeah, yeah, not bad. It was my first time ever, like, in the court, in a courtroom. Like, you know, and it, it's uh, shockingly mundane. Like, people think it's very glamorous and whatnot, even murder trials and whatnot can tend to just be very tedious and mundane. And whenever I talk to students about like, you know, occasionally what you want to do when you get out of school, blah, blah, blah. I'm always like, you know, you should go and speak to somebody. And if possible, get into the office and watch what they do all day, because very often it is way different than you expect. Like, being a lawyer, I think a lot of people watch Law and & Order and they think they're going to be Sam Waterston, they're going to be, you know, and being a lawyer basically means you read the most boring garbage that oh. nobody would ever want to read in their life. And you got to pay attention to what you're doing. Um, I would say, you know, both of us have been on film sets, like, Film sets can be the most tedious, boring, oh, boring. things ever. Have, it's,
1: it's all it's all set up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've worked on commercials. Like, I've worked. We'd, we'd go, we'd set up for two hours, and then we'd literally sit there for eight hours while they took yeah.
1: shot oh, yeah.
0: after shot after shot of a hamburger. Literally a hamburger. I remember this commercial. It was a McDonald's commercial. Eight hours shooting this hamburger. And
1: I'm and looking there's a at special there's like a special guy or girl that is from the like that deals with food from the art department and they literally will obsess about like the grain of the beef or the texture on the top of the beef. And they they I mean I've done food commercials before like you know they'll do like if you want ice cream right you're not going to show ice cream cuz it's going to melt so what did – I can't remember what they used, if they used like butter or – they used something else that wouldn't melt that was just absolutely disgusting. I can't remember what it was. Or it might have been um, – it might have been like a sugar concoction. It was just – it was absolutely – it looked great on camera but it's absolutely nasty.
0: Yeah, I remember it was McDonald's or Wendy's or Burger King, one of those places. And the – so – we were in the studio setting up the day before and they had the those food people you're talking about, two women working on these two hamburgers for eight hours. They picked <laughs> they picked all of the sesame seeds off of the top of the bun. And then because I was joking with somebody, I was gonna take a bite of one of them, and he uh he said, Yeah, we're well, gonna end up with a mouthful of pins. Because they oh. then They then took pins and stuck them into the bun and then glued the sesame seeds onto the tops of those pins to to make it look right on camera. It was the most mind-numbing, I mean, you got to have a certain mindset to be able to do stuff like that. It was nuts. It was nuts. And then the DP the next day, who's probably getting paid two grand to be there, but oh my God, it was just over and over and over and just for eight hours, just
1: filming these hamburgers. So yeah, te- just just tedious. I'm sure you know. Going back to your your court debut, I'm sure they just reduced your ticket fine just to shut you. <laughs> I was like, you're like, all right, just get this guy out of here. Yeah, I
0: said, you're guilty, Your Honor. You're guilty, District Attorney.
1: <laughs> all that
0: happened you can- was. Yeah, you, you can't can, handle
1: the truth. You can't handle the truth.
0: Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. I was, of course, Tom Cruise.
1: Uh, of, cor- of course.
0: Actually, I was Kiefer Sutherland, the uh, sort of <laughs> redneck, racist-ish uh, Marine. You know, we went into a little room, me and this cop, and uh, he's, a, I guess, a, like state trooper slash court officer, and we just kind of bandied back and forth a little bit, and I'm like, look, I was driving my mom's uh, Ford Focus. Like, I don't even think it goes 89 miles an hour. And he was like, well, I can tell you my son drives one and he's gotten it up to... So we're just kind of back and forth and back and forth. And from what I understood is you just sort of present a case. Like, I'm not going to call the guy who pulled me over a liar. I just said, you know, I thought I was going slower than this and that, blah, 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 blah. And then finally he just... You just got to do the dance. And then finally he said, okay, this is a category six... But you're only two miles over there, so I can knock it down to a category five and reduce the fine, such and such. And I said, "Good, there you go." I said, "You know what? Take that and shove it up your ass. How about that, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> you take your little deal, because Matt Kerr doesn't deal. Okay, that's what I'm telling yeah. you no, right no now. No deals,
1: no well, compromises, no deals. I was. I mean, there. well, that's essentially the that's the president, of the yes. United States. Yes. You you took a page out of his book.
0: That's right. Well, you can take these things to trial if you so choose. And I was Ugh. very curious to see like you know, if I wasn't working a regular job or whatever, if I just said, "Fine, we're going to take this to trial." <laughs> like
1: that. Let's go. Yeah. You're, you're <laughs> just playing chicken the whole time. I'm just going to I'm just going to waste this court's time back and forth. That's right. Appeals process. Show up with yeah. a lawyer. And and <laughs> if you don't and if you don't get the judgment that you like, you go to a higher court. That's that's going, right. it goes all the way to the Supreme Court. <laughs>
0: um yes, well uh it seems we've reached ooh almost fifty minutes here on blather. Uh a lot of blather. That's okay though. It's all it's I think all...
1: we I think we stayed on topic pretty much for probably a solid thirty five minutes. Not bad. Not bad for us. Which is which is which is very good for us. So as we wrap this up, uh, thank you um, for listening. And please uh, subscribe to The Working Experience on your favorite listening platform. Uh, if you are listening this on iTunes, if you could please go in and rate us and leave a comment, we would appreciate it. And take, a page, that- take a page from Ed. Was it Ed from Austin? It was Ed. Was it Ed? Yeah, it was Ed. Not yeah. Lindsay, but Ed.
0: No, take a page from Ed's book, okay? Very generous with his comments. There's no reason to go trashing two guys who are working very hard, laying it out all on the line, night after night, or at least two nights a week, and uh, <laughs> really just putting the pedal to the metal, you know, because that's what Matty K, it's always it's always 110% for me. Unless Always. I'm unless I'm tired, and then it's more like fifty percent or twenty five percent, maybe.
1: But. I, I feel with you, Matt. It's like it's bursts of brilliance. Like you felt <laughs> like you were you were wronged with this whole ticket thing. Yep. And then you go, you go one hundred and fifty percent. Yep. There but every but everything else just it's it's a brush off
0: if only the people it, it, knew how many emails you have to send to me to get me to write the description for something <laughs> or or any <laughs> other task that either i don't understand very well and therefore i'm going to put no effort into tr- like hoot sweet i don't even know what that is i saw those emails between you and tom our editor i don't i don't know what that is so i don't
1: who Ho- sweet is it. it's for social media you can you basically post things and all right okay um, there you go I, I i we don't we don't want to go into hootsuite all okay. right Let, let's uh, let's wrap this up all right thanks for listening everybody all right everyone thanks uh thanks for listening again to another episode of the working experience and we'll be back soon if matt chooses yeah. to if he yeah. if he's so if he's so inclined to do another podcast, we might have one out in another couple weeks.
0: You have to wait for inspiration to hit really.
1: You gotta you gotta wait. Just yep. be patient. It's be out be of my patient. it's
0: out of my hands. It's really out of my out, hands. It's
1: out of yeah. It's <laughs> out of hey, listen. It's that's all we can ask. We could just that's hope and pray. Ask. Yeah. All right, guys, thanks a lot. All right, thanks everyone.